0: welcome to the inspiring sustainability podcast
1: and i'm ryan, co-founder uh, of Air Powder, where we turn waste feathers into sustainable insulation material.
0: welcome ryan and uh, my name's adam woodhall, the uh, founder of inspiring sustainability and uh, we are going to be looking about how ryan is doing some game changing in the in the world of uh, all things insulation. and in today's conversation Uh, We're going to be talking about how he's taking this uh, fantastic idea and turning it into a business reality, um, how he's uh, working to gain collaboration across businesses and also how he's collaborating and looking to partner with nature. Uh, So I'm really looking forward to this conversation and uh, Ryan, welcome.
1: Ah, thanks Adam, Um, uh, thank you very much for inviting me on. I think I'll just uh, start by letting your listeners know a little bit about what I do, otherwise this may not make a lot of sense. So, uh, at Aeropowder, yeah, we have uh, been looking at this problem that many of us don't realise in society. There's a lot of uh, waste feathers out there, Um, thousands of tonnes are generated in the UK alone, um, every single week, Um, and this is taking up a lot of space. they can't really be disposed of in an easy manner. Um, People are sending them abroad to be turned into low grade animal feed and used uh, or uh, there's options of incineration, but that's not really environmentally friendly. So we have looked at this and said, surely feathers can do something better. Uh, Our solution has been to turn uh, feathers into a sustainable insulation material. Um, This is uh, aimed at replacing some of the synthetics we have. in that we're using for example like polystyrene so we kind of don't want to use a cheesy pun but uh, there are two birds with one stone here um, and we are getting rid of the well solving the problem of feather waste and uh, synthetic insulation all in one go so uh, that's what we do um, in a nutshell Uh, what other kind of things would you like to to know about well, the first thing is actually, uh, I
0: think I'd love to know a bit more about you. And uh, if you want to include cheesy puns, that's absolutely
1: fine with me. So, yeah, tell us a bit more about you, Ryan. Yeah, so I um, have always been, uh, I guess, uh, quite a logically focused person, and that's kind of why I, I did uh, science at uh, university, I was a biologist. Um, I did that for a few years. I managed to do some really cool stuff like work with um, astronauts for my master's degree where we looked at space physiology. Um, and then I moved into, uh, uh, well, I was looking at air pollution in the lungs for my PhD and that was a good four years of my life. Uh, uh, it was <laughs> it was very interesting and very topical, but uh, this kind of opportunity mm. fell in my lap of uh, this mm project on feathers as I was finishing my PhD and that's what really kicked it off. I think um, a lot of my sort of mindset for moving towards a more sustainable uh, society and environment on, on a personal level does come from quite a rational sort of scientific basis. I've seen, you know, I, I get exposed to a lot of different things. Uh, I've looked at ecosystems for my undergrad. I've traveled around the world and you'd really get an appreciation of what we have in uh, what's here now what won't be here in the future and if we keep up certain trends so i think that's part of a personal drive to uh, kind of do better in the world excellent so so yeah tell me what inspired
0: so that that's the kind of context to ryan yeah. um what got you started with aero powder itself
1: sure so that actually the idea to use the waist feathers came from my co-founder elena um she we became just uh, friends playing badminton actually by pure luck um, realised we went to the same university and uh, over some conversations uh, we, well, she was studying a master's degree to look at uh, waste in society and was looking at a lot of different uh, odd forms of waste that people don't really think of and eventually this path led her down to the feathers. Um, she wanted to apply for the Mayor of London's uh, Low Carbon Award uh, and i basically asked for my help in kind of polishing up some of the pitching, doing a few more scientific tests. Uh, so I kind of brought that to the table and together we, we won it. And um, that's what formed the company. Uh, we kind of had to form a company to take the prize money, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, um, you know, since that day, it's about two years ago now, uh, it's kind of snowballed since then, um, moving from, you know, initial concepts, refining the idea, talking to people and, and just getting to where we are today. Excellent. So, and
0: where are you today? What's what's the development stage of the business?
1: Yeah. So at the moment we are looking at um, packaging materials. Actually, for there's you know insulation can be used in lots of different things. Um, if you uh, we actually our first idea was to start with building insulation. Um, there's I've already seen it in the uh, the building we're in now has a uh, synthetic insulation in it, and the original plan was to replace that with more sustainable options. Um, we. Uh, did look at this very seriously, but ultimately decided as a young startup for uh, you know our first company, uh, maybe we should handle something that's a bit more manageable and less of a conservative industry. So we're now in the process of um, kind of talking to potential customers, um, trialing and testing this our materials, and hopefully we can uh, replace polystyrene in the near future for uh, uh, deliveries. Right. Okay. So when you say for deliveries, what do you mean? by what's yeah? Of so like. Uh, uh, while a lot of things we send can be sent out, you know, just in regular cardboard boxes, there are certain things that need to be protected um, from changes in temperature. So uh, obvious example is food, certain food items need to be kept fresh as they're delivered. But equally, um, you know, that, that means you can keep food cold, you might need to keep food hot, such as, you know, Deliveroo and the such are sending uh, hot uh, uh, food out by on the back of a motorcycle. What's inside that? box why can't it be more sustainable material mm. um and then you've also got things like uh, the pharmaceutical industry need to be sending uh drugs it's called the uh, last mile delivery and you know you need that the whole thing kind of needs to be kept cold for things like medicines to be uh, useful and survive the journey uh and it's quite tricky to get that last mile uh into the cold chain and, and protected so you know that could be another potential application for our materials and so One of the things that this it might
0: seem like kind of an obvious thing to do because there's there's loads of waste feathers. How how many waste feathers are there, like in the UK or world or something? Yeah, So it's
1: uh, you know different figures for different places. The UK uh, we do a thousand tons a week, um, and a ton of feathers is a lot of feather. That's Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I can imagine. So and that you know that's constantly being churned out by uh, um, the the poultry industry, and uh, we're looking to use that uh, uh, eventually to, to make sustainable materials. Um, yeah, uh, around the world, um, oh, sorry, Europe, I, there's, we're well, getting into the figure of millions of tons a year. Um, so there's a lot of this material. And so
0: with it, uh, what's interesting to me is uh, just on the, looking at the full loop of the sustainability on it, where is that going into landfill? What's happening to it
1: now? Yeah. So at the moment, um, the majority of it, um, depending where you are but the majority of it is going to uh, uh basically it's being turned into a low-grade animal feed so you apply a lot of you know high temperature high pressure you cook it down it becomes a protein powder that isn't even that good as a, as a source of protein um it has uh, therefore low nutritional value low economic value so uh it we can't even use it in the eu in this country due to laws on um feeding uh, animals back to animals basically mm. uh, problems with mad cow disease we had obviously came from from that kind of uh, um, risk so it gets shipped out to the Far East Africa and there is where it can be used so it's a commodity it becomes in the end
0: so what's interesting for me with this is that you're taking something where at the moment the waste product is being kind of it is being used but' I've, it's not at the value level that it is and you're taking it into something where actually using its unique qualities uh, to benefit. Because yeah, tell me more a bit more about what are the unique qualities of feathers which are so good for uh, insulation?
1: Yeah, there are um, different types of feathers and the, the feathers we, you know, they're all slightly different in the structure and composition but ultimately they're made of keratin a hollow fiber Uh, it's very lightweight Um, and the way we process it and use it you know feathers are able to trap air Uh, this means they're thermally insulating Um, and we kind of harness those properties to create a useful product And you know you you can use feathers as is for certain applications other ones you know it's going to be too awkward to use them so we're uh, reprocessing them into a form that's more manageable more useful Mm. for you know these end applications.
0: Right, okay then. So um, it sounds like you've got a good business idea there. So why is it do you think that nobody else has kind of come up with the idea? Why is it taking a kind of like little innovative startup, a couple of friends uh, who are playing badminton together to come up with something like this? Or is there other people working um, on this?
1: So, you know, it, as with many things, there's whole aspects of society and the world we live in that function behind the curtain so mm-hmm. eh, I could look around this room and say this table is just a table or this, this carpet is just a carpet but if you're in that industry there is so much to building kind of tables mm-hmm. and carpets we don't even realize so in the same way yeah most of us don't think about these feathers most of us haven't put any thought to it people in the industry do know about this as an issue people have looked at um, kind of different ways they can either increase the nutritional value or different kind of projects um, to create more value out of mm. these feathers. It ultimately hasn't come to anything yet. Um, and I think it's an element of, uh, you know, businesses are very busy. They're, they need to be focusing on the stuff that keeps the, the lights on. Um, it's quite difficult sometimes to innovate and take that risk. Whereas, you know, that is the objective of smaller startups. So um, I think I think it's, it's just what happens in the world um it does something you can't always rely on the big players to kind of come up with these ideas
0: yeah no absolutely and that's that's what i suspected but uh, you know i thought that would be an interesting question for the uh, listeners because many of them might be out thinking it so let's go into actually that thing about collaboration um uh, how are you as a little uh, startup with a uh, with a great idea how are you looking to collaborate and and why is that an important thing for you
1: so a couple of reasons there I mean the scale of the problem we're we're dealing with does mean that if you you want to see how how well this idea could translate into the real world you do need to be talking to lots of you know larger and bigger companies equally what we're trying to do is We're we're taking something from one industry and kind of using it and transforming it and then supplying it to some other industries. So we do need to be talking to a lot of different people. And as a young startup, we don't have the full expertise, um, but by thinking really about the problem and thinking about how we present ourselves and the arguments we put forth, you know, that's how we get our foot through the door and that's how we start these conversations. And even in these larger companies, we can see people getting excited uh, by what we've either come up with already or what we're suggesting um and that's how you can move things forward so yeah
0: and can you so that's the theory are you able to reveal any of the collaborations that you've been working on
1: um so i, I will still talk in some of them and confirming some things but definitely some major uh players in the uh, poultry industry which is very important for us mm. um we've also found um Yeah, uh, um, manufacturers, for example, you know, we don't have the manufacturing capability, but we have partners across Europe that can help us produce this product, Um, again, leveraging their expertise as you know, they're not just like letting us loose to make whatever we want, they're giving guidance, and that's very helpful. Um, And equally, um, you know, we've been talking, you know, your customers can be some of your greatest partners in a way, um, understanding their needs and wants. And, you know, Sometimes we talk to potential customers, and it's 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 quite uh, what's the word for it functional and business-like mm. And other times, you know, we want to create a great product for them, and they want to you know have better products to use. So there can be some some really useful kind of collaboration there as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, and what's uh what's the kind of collaboration that you've enjoyed the most? Is the one any one that you can kind of give public knowledge to at the moment or are they all sort of still uh, well, in since development we,
1: since we haven't released our product to the market yet I'm going to be a little bit coy but um, I think uh, no definitely some of them where these are large you know large organizations with big industrial processes it's amazing to walk in and just see what happens mm. uh that we don't you know again these things we don't realize that how how are they moving this much material around what are the thought processes about how they clean this or uh um you know what are, what are these bizarre little things which you would have never have noticed but on an industrial scale really make a big difference and those are the things we can take back even you know if nothing comes from that actual uh, uh partnership for example we can come back and start to have that mindset of the things we need to consider. For example, you know, we're gearing up for a manufacturing run and, and it's, it's, it's almost funny that all the, um, what the product is, is almost not the tricky bit anymore. We, we know how to make that. It's, uh, all the little bits about how do you get the product to people? What are the kind of, what are the little bits and pieces, um, that you need to consider to make sure it kind of all works at the end. That's the really interesting stuff, I think.
0: So what's uh, yeah? Can you give us one like one of the kind of like little tricky challenges and and what's interesting? Yeah. One that you've kind of managed. You, you're you've either you're on the journey to fixing or you've fixed.
1: Oh, okay. Um, I guess. I think about it. an interesting design because I think, I think of them so often none of them seem interesting anymore. Anyway. <laughs> um, so I think tr- transport is always a massive consideration. Um, we are by inherently kind of shipping around quite voluminous material mm. uh, and we're looking at some different ways that we could kind of improve that and we don't have a perfect solution. We've looked at like, um, obviously you can compress bales down of material we've been thinking of uh, vacuum forming things and i've had like a bags with a a, honestly my vacuum hoover just attached to it to try and shrink the mass down um and we and and that's one where i think we do need to do more work on especially because I, i reckon there are definitely experts out there and if we if we talk to the right person they look at our our problem and go oh we know how to sort that out and, and that's the kind of collaboration we're kind of you know those little mm. little bits of contact those little conversations that can really accelerate us because uh my analogy is well, analogy is the wrong word my my mantra is there are some things you need to uh learn by doing you know, mm. um if someone tells you don't do don't go out um you're going to feel terrible the next day you know you will never know this until you do it (laughs) Um, but there are some things you can just be taught and you know it's up to us to figure out which are the things we should go out and muck around with get dirty and and fail on and there are some things which you know we just should find uh, the experts and for them to give us guidance
0: well I guess that's the art of entrepreneurship isn't it it's uh, where do you get your expertise where do you work it out yourself and then and then also over time learning what the the right balance is yeah and uh, that's uh, super important so yeah tell us a bit more then about nature so you've been talking about how you're collaborating with other humans and organizations yeah. but you're uh, you know something you told me before the event was about how you partner with uh, the wild world that's out there
1: so and that's where we draw you know our inspiration from um you know we're looking at this problem of insulation and thinking we've got these man-made solutions they work very well what are the alternatives that sort of nature has provided and that's you know start with how you think of feathers i think that's um going forward with sustainability that's going to be something important to consider um we there are you know nature has provided a lot of solutions to a lot of different problems through course of evolution um, and we're reaching that critical point where we're basically creating using and destroying far too much material um mm. that is not in a, in a non-sustainable manner nature by its nature mm. is resource constrained and it's found very efficient ways of doing things so i really think that's something we should be leaning into it's not appropriate for everything and it's not it doesn't mean that to go out and and our, you know doesn't mean that our plane should be in the shape of a bird mm-hmm. it just means we should figure out the important parts and you know that's what people have done that's how people have designed you know very efficient uh, um sh- hull shapes by you know matching uh, dolphins or whales to see how they move mm-hmm. through the water um things like that decrease your fuel um uh, decrease your fuel needs because you move more efficiently through the water so those are all the type of things where um, I think we're getting there, not, not everything's there just yet, but um, definitely there's more we need to learn from in terms of um, what nature has provided already.
0: So yeah, because it's basically nature's been doing research and development for millions of years yeah. and so uh, it seems uh, churlish to ignore that and uh, I think you gives some lovely examples of obviously the dolphin and how it slides through the water so beautifully. And uh, certainly another, another concept of biomimicry, yep. which is is yep. that kind of what the, the type yeah, of, sort of thing you're talking th- about
1: exactly. Um, peop- I think I, I think I saw recently there was, I think there's some some uh, biomimicry, I think biomimicry event or awards, and and the winners were were doing things like, and actually you know taking lots of different systems from different organisms or or, or animals. Uh, and incorporating them to one sort of solution. So I'm trying to remember exactly how this worked. I can't remember the name, so I apologize if for some reason they hear this. Mm -hmm. But there was the winner was designing um, a system to, I think, basically provide water for agricultural type Mm. developments. And they were harnessing, for example, the patterns that spiders have on their webs to collect Mm. the dew from the air and then moving um, water around using uh, other biological, in, biologically inspired systems. In fact, the, the example I remember better didn't win, but um, it was a system to keep... Uh, uh, it was a refrigeration system, so to keep things cool in it with low energy and low cost. So inspired by things, I think, like coral, which can draw um, liquids passively, through like kind of -hmm. uh, filters and such it would draw in small amounts of moisture then using inspired by how uh, uh, I think kangaroos they mentioned kangaroos and maybe some insects using evaporation techniques another part would pass that um, liquid into a coil and there'd be some water in there that evaporated and then inspired by how bees keep themselves cool it would there would be a small solar powered fan that would blow onto the evaporated water and cool things down further, ultimately producing like a wind chill effect Mm. that pass almost passively could keep things cool. And I thought it was really ingenious, how you're looking at many different systems to kind of be inspired by nature, but bring together one practical solution and kind of product idea um, to solve a man-made kind of uh, uh, problem.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean absolutely fascinating stuff and I'm a big fan of it myself so one of the things that just because I think obviously you're being a, a sustainable startup entrepreneur um, and how long have you been doing that now uh, been... about
1: two years uh, since the, the kind of conception of the idea um, yeah
0: and would you say you've learned much in that time about how to be an entrepreneur yeah yeah, massive
1: amounts um, I came from a very scientific background um, I actually think there's a lot of parallels between how you approach a scientific problem versus, you know, you just need to f- frame the problem correctly in your head, um, um, not only just the, the actual you know kind of big picture problem, but the more pressing problem, which is how do you run a successful successful business? Um, you've got to keep o- your own, you know, open minds. You've got to be talking to a lot of people to get more information. You've got to think critically about do you turn left? Do you turn right? Do you keep going straight? Um, test, just test what you're doing, um, interpret the results of, you know, the changes you made and come to conclusions and, and and really, you know, basically just need to think about what you're doing. Mm. Uh, and I've learned a lot going through the process, um, being involved in this kind of startup um, environment, meeting a lot of other people who are, you know, so slightly more advanced than me, coming up to the same time as me, even those, you know, coming, through after me, there's stuff you can learn from. So uh, in fact, one of the uh, I'm meeting one of the previous winners of uh, uh, the Mayor's Awards um, for a coffee after this actually. So I'm going to have a little chat and catch up with her. And um, you know, it's always good to just learn from your peers and others.
0: Yeah, brilliant. So, so that that's kind of uh, great that you're learning. And what what's going so you've been doing some learning uh, you've uh, kept you're keeping going uh, have you what's been the kind of signs of success uh, that the world's been giving you so far
1: um, different different aspects of the world have, have kind of given us the thumbs up um, I think that right there's 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 stuff that is very important and it's great to win we, you know we've won various awards and, and recognition um, we've uh, we're on the Forbes 30 under 30 list for Europe for social entrepreneurship we're echoing Green Fellows which is an amazing program out in the States uh, for social and environmental entrepreneurship um, those things obviously have leave you with a really good buzz and a really mm. good feel that you know other people recognize what you're doing but the, the main things are obviously when you know, the product that you're making, you know, you see that first prototype or you you hand it to a customer and you cross your fingers (laughs) and the trial goes well, like those are the things, you know, we would obviously like all those things to happen, but if it was just those things, those would be the things that make us, you know, have the most feel good factor inside. Um, So, you know, hopefully both those things continue. So have you, that that
0: latter point about seeing it in the customer's hands or whatever, are you at that point yet
1: yeah we we're get, we're get we're getting there we're testing with people out there um, and you know it's it's working and, and we're getting some buzz so um, we just need to turn that kind of uh, positive step into a kind of you know product sold and all that kind of stuff so you know we're getting close yeah
0: so how uh, how far away do you think you're gonna be to have some kind of products that are, are, can be sold rather than being tested
1: yeah I think we are months away uh, Mm. is what I'm hoping so hopefully soon we'll be able to see um, we'll have a big unveiling and all that kind of stuff Um, uh, we just want to make sure it's all working and nothing's on fire in inverted commas um, (laughs) before uh, luckily we don't do kind of hardware so we've got no batteries I know I've got a battery guy who's always worried about uh, fires but um, no it it should all work fine and um, you know we're really looking forward to it the next few months are going to be very very exciting.
0: No, definitely sounds just sound exciting. Okay then, so I think uh we've uh, had a, that's been a really interesting conversation, Ryan, and uh, um inspired to hear that uh, after meeting on a badminton court, uh, with uh, the the shuttle, uh, which is uh, historically used to have feathers in them. We've still got some.
1: I still I prefer the feathers. I prefer the feathers.
0: Okay, yeah, so yeah. That, that's great. So you got so you got you had some feathers in your hands when you first uh hatched this idea i'm going back to those bad puns that we were talking about earlier on and uh so uh now wrapping up the conversation um ryan where can we
1: find a you and or aero powder online sure um you can find us on twitter at aero powder we're also at facebook on www.facebook.com forward slash aero powder um Go to our website for uh, to join our mailing list, and you can stay up to date. Hopefully, you'll get an email soon with our um, big product mm. release. Um, and yeah, stay tuned. And just just for people's
0: sake, that listen to Aero Powder. How do you spell it? Oh, that's right, A E R O P O W D E R. Aero Powder. And if they want to find you personally, can they find you on LinkedIn? Uh,
1: they can. Uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn, especially if you've got any uh, interesting uses for our p- materials um that will be great
0: yeah so is that is that if you've got one ask that you'd
1: like what is what is that the main ask that you'd love to to find out at the moment oh you know yeah we're always interested in anyone who you know if they want to use sustainable installation and you know it's not strictly just for deliveries we're very open still exploring other options uh get in touch and we'd love to know more that sounds fabulous okay then so
0: this is adam woodall um, you can find me online uh, on the inspiring-sustainability.com website uh, also there's the, all the historic podcasts there you can also find me on LinkedIn and Twitter so that's at Adam Woodhall on word on both of those and then also there is an Inspiring Sustainability uh, Facebook page and so until the next time I would like to thank you, the listener, uh, for uh, sticking with us and uh, uh, listening to this. I hope you found it rewarding. And uh, please share to any uh, friends that you think might find it interesting through the normal channels. And uh, so, Ryan, thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, goodbye for today. Finishing the Inspiring Sustainability podcast.